All right, so to start the message today, let's give you, uh, right straight from the sermon notes and illustrations, let's give you the, the exegetical exercise on this, um, and then I want to turn this story kind of on its head. Jesus has continually challenged the traditional view of who is faithful in this story. In Roman times, tax collecting was rented out to the highest bidder, who then could extort, notice the word they use here, extort whatever they could from the general public. As a Roman lackey and a greedy profiteer, Zacchaeus was as much of a despised man as well as too short to see over the crowds to see Jesus enter into Jericho. Now understand too, folks, the setup in this story. <clears throat> Jericho all by itself is, is a place where Jesus is that's kind of controversial because there's all kinds of people living in Jericho that, shall we say, are problem children. Amen? One of the most hated men in town, praised as the son of Abraham, he would have been pelted with stones had he tried to approach the crowd accompanying Jesus into Jericho. No one would have believed him if he had begun to make restitution on his own accord. Even though the law required that, those of you who have been studying Leviticus know that, because that comes from, what, Leviticus, the sixth chapter or something, about how you got to make up for your sins. If you're caught. If you're caught. There you go. Jesus, however, only saw a man to be redeemed. Although he risked being ostracized himself, Jesus sought him out. Breaking all the barriers of social custom, Jesus invited himself to the man's house for a meal. No one is the beyond the divine reach of love. <clears throat> and that's where... I want this to go, and this is where we're going to turn this on its head, because I know that everybody talks about <coughs> Zacchaeus being this awful guy that somehow or another turned his life around and now is 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 saved. Amen. And that's kind of sort of the 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 theme of Luke as as he writes and shares his stories about Jesus is all these folks that are being saved. However, there's something here that we need to consider. What we need to consider is the folks that were on the outside. Who in that day was dealing with the folks that were on the outside? How did they get to the outside to begin with? I mean, I know that we make this tax collector a really bad guy, but did you listen to the story? Did you hear what Zacchaeus said? He apologetically said to Jesus, I give away half my income to the poor, and if I'm caught cheating, I pay four times the damage. Now, I don't know about the cheating part of this, and we're not talking today. We're talking about how this guy operated. Now, he might have been different than the other tax collectors around who really, <coughs> really came down hard on folks. But his income, he said, he was giving away half of it. He was still a lackey for the Roman Empire, amen? I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how you look at this, folks. I don't know how we can make this guy such a bad guy. 
He had a job to do. He needed to make a living. And on top of making the living, he was giving away half his income. Who do you know that does that? <coughs> Anybody? Can I have my coffee, please? I mean, I don't know. Is Arthur Branch or Blank, the owner of the Falcons, is he giving away half his income? How many folks that are filthy rich in the city of Atlanta are giving away half their income to the poor? Because if they were, we wouldn't have anybody on the street, amen? We wouldn't have anybody lacking mental health care. We wouldn't have people literally starving to death. So I don't know, other than the fact that he was a sellout to Rome and nobody liked his particular job. You know, I asked a church one time here in town, a pastor of a church, that said they were affirming. And I think sometimes we don't know what that means. And so I asked the pastor, I said, look, you say you're in the Fermi Church, so here's my question for you. How about if you get a trans person that comes to your church whose job it is to offer intimacy to people who are willing to pay for it? <clears throat> Pastor looked at me and said, well, you know. Pastor, well, we have absolutely no problem or issue with the fact that the person's transgender. However, their line of work, we might have to think about and I said, well, then don't call yourself affirming. Because, see, affirming means that you take somebody right where they're at, that you don't make judgments about where they're coming from. And that is probably one of the hardest things today to do as a real, faithful kind of Christian, is not to look at other people and judge them. And that's why I'm saying this story is much, much deeper than Chaos, Zacchaeus and his chosen profession, and the ability that he had to make a whole lot of money at the cost of other folk. I get all of that, and that can be a sermon for another week. What I want to talk about is Zacchaeus was in the tree, not only because he was short, but there's the other side of it. He knew he was hated. He knew that he could not go into the crowd. We've got some people in this church who think because they're either gay or lesbian that there's places that they cannot go. We have people that are transgender who are limited in what they can do because of the world that they live in. I remember when I first came into ministry here in Atlanta, <clears throat> went to a conference. We had somebody who was just coming out as a transgender person that was part of the church. They went to the pool at the hotel where the conference was. Well, consequently, you know, they were just coming out. So they didn't understand that a, <clears throat> a man in a bikini didn't work too well without training. And I had people knocking on my door saying how embarrassed they were by this person and that I had to do something because it was an embarrassment to the church. Zacchaeus knew that he was an embarrassment to the faith. Zacchaeus knew that he had no place in community. And brothers and sisters, as you're listening today, understand that you have lived in that same world. 
that very same world where you don't belong. Now here is the trick. <clears throat> and here's the message. Even when you think you don't belong, even when you think you've totally screwed it up, Jesus is going to come find you. You see, he crawled up into that tree, and where did Jesus stop? He could have stopped among anybody along the crowd. He could have gone anywhere, but he stopped in front of that tree, and he said to Zacchaeus, the one who thinks he didn't belong, oh, by the way, you belong, I'm coming to your house. Think about that for a second, folks. Think about that. that Jesus is coming to you. To you. God is saying to you through Jesus, don't worry about it. I am here. And by the way, I'm having dinner at your house today. And you notice in the story, they just kind of gave that one line to all the people that thought they were good. Because we've been talking for the last couple of weeks about not looking down your nose at people. If you do, what do you do? You end up flat on your face. But here, the same thing. They were grumping about why Jesus would end up at this guy's house. Understand what the message of God is. Understand who Jesus partied with. Understand who Jesus hung with. And get his statement. He was here to remind us. He's here to remind you. He's here to remind you that you are not to be alone. God is coming to you, to your house this day, to share in a meal with you. Hallelujah. It doesn't get much better than that. God bless you.